Okay, so we're going to jump into this week's Parsha, which is so rich in terms of content, um, and specifically the first verse in this week's Parsha, and the first couple of verses in the Parsha, Vayaki it shall be when you, go, when you enter the land, which Hashem has given you, referring to the land of Israel, and this is after the, um, the, the, when the Israelites entered the land of Israel, conquered uh, by Joshua, uh, Moses wasn't, of course, allowed to go in. And then, and when they would enter the land, so the Torah says, they shall settle the land and inherit it. And then that you shall bring from the choice part of your, uh, of your crops to Hashem, your God. And you should rejoice in all the good that Hashem has given to you. And so this this particular commandment is the commandment of, of what is called the Bikurim, which is the, the commandment of the first offerings that were brought in temple times to the, to the, to the temple. But then it was eaten by the Kohanim, by the priests who, who, um, there's, who, who represent essentially Hashem. And they would, they would, they, it's one of the 24 gifts that the priests were given. And they would lift up this basket that this farmer or whatnot came either from the north or from the south or wherever they were coming from. They would offer this basket and the, the, the Talmud actually goes through this beautiful um, depiction of what, what happened. It says that they would make a whole procession out of it. And it was specifically happened um, during the time of uh, Shavuot, which is around the t- harvest season, which is... Um, May, basically around May, and they would, and it was just actually the end of fall over there, and beautiful weather, and everyone, and they would make a whole beautiful event out of it. That the uh, Talmud uh, tells us that as they were walking in, they would walk in 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 in, in basically in droves, and they would ride on on you know whatever modes of of um, Trans, trans, uh, transportation to there, and um, they would, and then they would, um, gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, hello. Hello? We're here. Okay, I just got frozen. I have no idea what was happening there, but I'm like, oh. You're not frozen for me. I can really? see you and hear you. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, because I see myself frozen and it's like, what's going on here? You're uh, not. The, the, the wonders of technology. And you just have to laugh. <laughs> you just have to laugh at it. And that's, that's what I always do. So... <laughs> Uh, are you sure I'm not frozen? No. Okay. Not okay. Good. So on my end, I'm seeing a frozen version of myself, and I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Tammy and Shannon, Brenda, it's the same by you. Like your face is frozen, but I can hear you fine. Okay. All right. 
keep things interesting. So, okay, we're back. Um, so the Talmud goes through this, this incredible, beautiful procession that whatever mode of transportation they would get there, they would get off the mule or donkey or, donkey or horse or whatever, and, and they would put these offerings of baskets on the back of oxen, and they would, they would take uh, golden strands and they would put it on the horns of the oxen and they would ride up in, with this procession of offerings. And they would, they would say psalms from uh, Tehillim, from, uh, from Psalms and King David, and they would say, we are, we're ascending the, the mountain of, of Zion, of Zion, to offer these, these, these fruits to Hashem. And they would make a whole, it was a whole procession. And in fact, the Talmud says that one of the one of the reasons for the creation of the world, there's certain big reasons for the creation of the world. One of the reasons it says Bereshit Bara Lokim in the beginning, Genesis, God created the world. Bereshit comes from the word Reshit, which is the beginning, which refers to the beginning, the first fruits. God created the world for these first fr fruits. And it's a very powerful lesson of the importance of these first fruit, that they're so major that this concept is such a major concept that it's one of the reasons for the creation of the world. God created the world, Bereshit, in the beginning for this Reshit, for this first fruit. So what does this mean on a, on a deeper level? So we know that God created the world for what purpose? God created the world because he wanted to become known by the mortals. He wanted to become known. Kabbalah explains, the Zohar explains, the Arizal, and that the purpose of creation is that, is that we should have a relationship with God. And a relationship with, with, with Hashem means that we realize that he wants to be known and he wants to be expressed. We, he wants us to, exp to recognize his dominion in every aspect of our lives, that in every part of our lives, there is, he's there. And it's not just from the spiritual parts of our lives, but from our physical parts, our material lives, our, every, every aspect of our lives is, is permeated with this truth that Hashem Echad, that there's only one Hashem, Enod Milvado, nothing else exists besides for him. And so the essence of this mitzvah, of the first fruits, is, to, is, is when a, a, a person is going through their day-to-day -day and they're going about their work, and a farmer does a tremendous amount of work, toiling in the field, planting and, and sowing and really, it's, it's, it's really hard work. And so after the fruit ripens, the farmer could have the possibility of saying, I'm taking these fruits. Those, these are beautiful fruits that who labored on? I did. I labored on. I like, look at this beautiful orchard. Look at this beautiful vineyard. Look at these beautiful fields. Like they're so incredible. And it's due to my work. And 
the Torah says, no, 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 no. Like, don't, let's, let's not think that. There's a person's work, a person's own toil, absolutely. But you should realize and recognize that everything that you have, even the ability to work, is all given to you from Hashem. And the land is given to you from Hashem. And everything in the world is, is all His. And so it changes the approach and the, 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 the psychological approach or view on what it means to become sustained by, by the toil of our work, realizing that everything that we do and we have is really all a gift that comes from Him. And a show of recognition of that is that when we take those fruits and we bring them to the temple, we bring them to Hashem, it's eaten by the Kohanim who are the represent, re- representatives, then that, is, that shows, that's a testament to a person recognizing that it's not him, that it all really comes from Hashem, and that everything that someone is, one is blessed with, they have to recognize and give the first fruits, the first parts of the lab- labor, like the cream of the crop, the, 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 the top, and, 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 and give that off. And it's a similar idea by, by tithing, by, you know, there's a, an idea, a very important idea, to give a tithing of one's earnings and, and to charity. And the idea of tithing is a similar idea because a person could come home with a check and say, you know, look at what, you know, I worked really hard for this. But when you realize that, that everything that, that one has is all really from Hashem. And so that recognition that when a person takes that 10% and they, they, they give it to charity, then that's a, that's a testament. That's a recognition that it's not, it's not my earnings, just my, it's, it's not me doing it. And in fact, the, the, the Torah says, it goes to the, to the, to the extent of saying that aser bishvil shetit asher, give tithing so you will become wealthy. And it's actually one of the only things you could actually even test God on. It says you're not supposed to test God and say, you know, God, if you're really here, then make this happen. You know, you, you're not supposed to do that. You know, that's not, it's not, it, it's not, it's not something that, that is really, you know, that, that, that we're supposed to be doing. But if you do give tithings, then you could say, God, you know, I'm taking this with the belief that I know that what I'm, that what you have given me, whatever, whatever you've given me, I know that it's all coming from you. And then I, and then I hand it off to wherever I, I give it to so, and it goes out of my hand and it's letting go. And what that, what that does is, is an opening. It's a recognition that everything that I have, everything that I've earned is all from Hashem. And then the blessings come, really come in. So it's the only thing you could actually test God on is, is, is on tithing, saying, God, okay, like, I, like I'm doing it. And, and incredible stories have happened. And in fact, there's, there's a very wealthy individual in, in Israel. He's one of the biggest givers of charities. His name is Lev Levayev. He, 
he owns like diamond mines and, and whatnot. But he started as a, in very, very simple beginnings. And he started off actually as a waiter. He came from um, uh, Georgia, not, not the state Georgia, but in Russia. And uh, very humble beginnings. And he said, he said, whatever he did, he made sure to give a tithing, give 10%. So he would earn his tips, he would give 10%. And then the next job that he did, the next venture business, he gave that 10% and so on and so forth. And so he said, you know, I, you know, we reached this, this stage, it's because of this. So going back to the mitzvah of Bikurim, of first fruits, that's, a, that's exactly the, that similar idea, that similar notion of recognizing that the farmer has his field, but, and it's not his, wor his work that made all this beautiful fruit happen. It's because God has blessed him with everything. And so therefore, as a show and a recognition of what he has, he takes that 10% or he takes those first, first fruits and instead of bringing them home and having his own family enjoy it and whatnot, he brings it up to Jerusalem and says, this is for you, God. Thank you for that incredible gift that you have given me. Yes, so tithing is uh, mentioned in the Torah. Um, but there's a whole question about nowadays, if, if we have to give tithing nowadays, if it's something which is biblical or it's like something like in like similar to um, something that was done back in 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 the temple days but there's the idea of the tithing that a portion of one's earnings would go to the to the levite and another portion on a certain years will go to the poor person so there is that tithing which is basically 10 percent that goes to either the levite half the time or to the uh poor uh the other part of the time. So there's a lot of, it's very interesting, there's a lot of social welfare uh, aspects that, are, that the Torah speaks about, giving to the poor and leaving a, a portion of your, of your field, the corners of your field. And if one is, is collecting uh, their, um, you know, the fruit from their field or, or, or they're picking up uh, the stalks, and some of them fall, so then they're supposed to leave them there. And there's all types of uh, there's all types of of social welfare that that the Torah really built in for for people that have less. But all of that comes with a recognition that what I have is not just because I did it; it's because it comes from Hashem. So that is the primary. Uh, reason of of the bikurim of the first first uh, uh, fruit of the tithings. But we're going to go into a couple of more reasons, and and it's actually really quite incredible, quite quite fascinating to go into a, a number of of these reasons. But I just want to mention that uh, that the giving of the first fruits is actually there's two parts to it. The first part is to actually give the fruits, but then the other part is to it's called uh, to there's a certain what is called confession of oneself that one confides and goes through a whole long list of basically history that happened and saying that 
um, that what we've gone through in our history and the hardships that we've gone through and starts off with Jacob being oppressed by his father-in-law, Lavan, and then we were, we were in Egypt. And, and all, in all these phases, Hashem has been there for us and take us, taken us out. And that's called Mikra Bikurim. That's called the calling out of the Bikurim. So the, the Bikurim is not just about giving it, but it's also expressing it. And that teaches us something very powerful, that a person could sometimes do something. And yes, that is super important to just actually do the, the deed. Whatever it is that you're supposed to do, just do it. And that's, that's major. That's great. But then it's, it's important to bring it into, into speech. Because when we bring it into speech, then we have a, a much more of a connection to what it is that we're doing, as opposed to, to, to doing it on, on just on the physical level, which could just, which could, could be external, but we're supposed to enunciate, we're supposed to express and, uh, and show that appreciation in speech. So that's a whole part of it that, that would happen in, 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 in the temple in Jerusalem. They would bring it there and then they would, they would say this whole, this whole, you know, portion of, 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 thankfulness, basically, uh, to Hashem for not just for my personal, you know, um, success, but for the collective success of, of everyone, which is a very powerful lesson, which takes us to the next idea of the giving of the first fruits. Uh, yeah, I just want to share just before that, just one, like, actually very incredible um, idea that we always read this this por this portion kitavon talk about this during this during the month of Elul, which is Virgo, which is the idea of really rising up. It's it's doing the work from from us. You know, there's other times in the year that we we feel this this inspiration, but like during this month, it's like it's supposed to come from us. And that's what this parsha really tells us that it shall be when you enter the land and you enter the land. It's like basically is, is recognizing that we're charged with, with, uh, with inspiring ourselves to do the right thing. Because some, sometimes like when, when it's obvious to do the right thing, then everyone will do, will do the right thing. But when it's, when it's not easy and we still do the right thing, that is also a lesson of this, of this um, Parsha. It shall be when you enter the land, the idea of the, that we enter the land similar to the month of Elul where we do the job, we do the work, and, uh, and we raise it up. Now, it's just really interesting idea over here. Uh, that it says by the by this by the sin of of Adam and and Eve, what happened was is that um, originally uh, Adam Adam and Eve were, were protected, and they had certain names of of God of uh, Shakai, which is Shindalid Yud on the outside and Adnai on the inside. And when, when they sinned, so the Dalid went away and they were left 
with Shin Dalid Yud is now Yesh, which means ego, self, because the Dalid left, and now it's just self. And, and Adnai, the, the Dalid left, and it then just left Ani, which means me. So those two names, because the Dalid left them, after that, that original sin of the primordial tree, right, tree of knowledge, that we're trying to fix uh, is, is the idea of the Dalid, which in Hebrew means a door. Dalid means a door. So like, like in Hebrew, the word for a door is Delet, which is the same letters as Dalit. So what does that mean, fixing the, the Dalit, fixing the, the door? So fixing the door has to do with the notion of preparation, of knowing that, that when we're in a state of preparation, we're in a state of uh, fixing that notion of preparation because we're going towards something. Like you could have an event, for example, that you've planned, I don't know, like a, some family party or, sa- or something that you're, you're planning. You don't know how it's going to go. Right? Anything could happen. You could, you, could, you could plan it to the best of your ability, but you don't know how it's going to happen. It, it, may, it may turn out great. It may turn out the opposite. But you can't pl- plan based on knowing the outcome because you, we, you can't know the outcome. You could just do your best in planning. And so the delit, the door, is bringing us towards another part of the house that we're going into. But as we enter it, we have to recognize that it's that, you know, it, it, how we enter it. And that has to do with this, with this preparation phase, the notion of how do we prepare. And this goes back to the idea of the Bikurim, of the firstborn, of the first uh, fruits, that this farmer is preparing for something. He doesn't know how it's going to come out. He's just planting. He's doing his work but then the outcome is in the hands of Hashem. Like he, this, this person can have a great year, like do phenomenally, or it could be another type of a year. But all that we could do is, is all that we could do, is the preparation, is, and that's what we have control over, and that's also what we're celebrating. And in a sense, that notion is something that, that, also, that we're also fixing. We're, you're, we're fixing that, that notion of delit, which, which also in the, in, in the months of the year, the cycle of the year, there are, um, the, there, if, if we take the name Adnai itself and we spell it out, Aleph, Dalid, Nun, and Taf, so then they all correspond to the different months. So each month has a specific letter. And so up until now, we, we were in the letters of Dalid and Lamed, which is the month of Tammuz and Av. Tammuz is Dalid, and Av is Lamed. And together that spells Dal, which means impoverished. Those two months are intense months of impoverishment. And then the month of Elul is the, is the Taf, which together spells Delet, that God opens up the door to those who seek him. 
those who knock on the door, those who are right knocking on heaven's door, um, then there is that. There as right, you know that Bob Dylan is Jewish actually, and you know he had a phase that he was really just searching back uh, in his in his in his roots. But um, that's what we're doing in Elul. We're really we're really knocking on that door on heaven's door, and and we're saying, you know, let me in. Let me go in. Let me go in into in, into that. You know, we're we're doing what we could do. We're, we're aspiring and we're trying. The outcome is, is the next year. But the great, um, the, the great Sadiqim would say, like, you know, in the, in the middle of the year, whatever it is that they would go through, they were, they were like, oh, man, I wish that I would have uh, done, done things better during the month of Elul of this month because everything is in the preparation. And so as we're going into the next year, recognizing that it's, it's now when we're on that, you know, that door and, and that, 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 that we're knocking, we're saying, we're saying, you know, please let me in for, uh, for all the great things that, that will certainly um, uh, come, come through. And the thing is that when they come through, then that wrecking, then a person could sometimes say, yeah, well, I kind of like did that anyways. It was, it was, it was me, you know, you know, I knew that it would, we didn't recognize that beforehand. We were like in a desperate situation. We were like, you know, God help me, whatever. And then after everything was resolved, we're like, you know, everything's okay now. Yeah. I knew it would happen like this way and everything's good. You know, we forget that it's really all him. And so this mitzvah is, is that reminder of rem, remember who you are. Remember that you are but a more mortal, fragile speck of dust. That's, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, I'm, anything could happen. You know, I'm holding you. And, and when we do that and we recognize that and we're happy with that, then Hashem is like, perfect. That's exactly why I created the world. I created the world with, so that you finally get it. You have that recognition of what, what it's all about, that, that it's all about that, that relationship and uh, connection. So... So now another idea, another very important idea is to recognize, and this is the idea of recognizing unity in, 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 within, you know, within us. So this mitzvah of, of Bikurim, a first, first fruit, is a mitzvah that, in fact, it says that when you will enter the land, you will inherit it, and right away you could technically bring the first fruits. So if you have, you know, if they, they inherited the land, so all, there's beautiful fruits of, uh, you know, figs, pomegranates, because there's only the seven species that the land of Israel is blessed with. So any of these seven species, grapes, olives, and whatnot, they would take it, 
and they were they could right away have brought it to to uh, to, to Jerusalem, right? Like a month after, if if that was the right time. That's one opinion. But then another opinion is that no, that this mitzvah of Bikurim, a first fruit, only applied 14 years later. Why 14 years? Because the in the book of Joshua, it says that it took 14 years for the land of Israel to be uh, conquered, fully conquered. Not everyone, not every tribe had their ancestral land, biblical land. So it took 14 years for that to happen. So the other opinion is, is that this family or, or, or whatever tribe that may have gotten there and everything's fine for them. They've already like took, you know, they took uh, hold of their land. That's good for them. But you can't fully celebrate and bring your first fruits while someone else didn't yet find their inheritance and is unhappy and can't really get, you know, to, to live that kind of like peaceful life as you do. So, and, and this lesson over here teaches us a very important lesson about this notion of, of what unity really means and what full joy means. You know, nowadays there's, there's this notion of like, you know, I'll stick to my, in, in my home as long as I have whatever I need to have and I'm my needs and joys and whatever it is. Someone else, it could be a neighbor, doesn't have, and I'm like, it's not my business. So obviously it's a balance over there because we can't, you know, <laughs> but this is on a, on, a, on, a, on a spiritual level, you know, to, to recognize that, that we could only have true joy and true re redemption really with it for ourselves when everyone else is also living in that way. And when we want to have good for us, we have to include every, everyone else as well, which is why the, the, the blessings in the, um, in the prayer book, in the Siddur, and, you know, they're always in, in plural tense. It's not in singular tense, saying, God, give me this. If I need, like, I need this, I need this. I, so that's great for you, but you should... In your personal prayers, you should include everyone else. Because when we include others in, in, in our prayers, and we want good for them as well, then that is really the way that we are going to be happy. We can't, our own personal, you know, we could say even selfish joy is not complete, is not full until everyone else has their joy as well on, on some level. And this is the lesson, one of the lessons of the mitzvah of Bikurim that, that it didn't apply up until 14, 14 years after taking hold of, of the land. And so it teaches us this notion of how we should rejoice, we should rejoice in the joy of others and recognize that it's not just our selfish and personal joy. So next, um, another idea 
or lesson over here that we have uh, from from uh, from the mitzvah of Bikurim, and there's we're gonna I'm gonna share another three of this. Um, is is this idea of the of the fruit? So the fruit, and what do the seven species represent? So we know that there, the farmers take the fruit and put it in, into a basket, which is called a tene in, he, in Hebrew, and he would take it, right? They would take it all the way to Jerusalem and whatnot. What does the fruit represent? So the fruit represents the soul. And the tene represents the body. So this notion of of the of the, the 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 fruit, the fruit can't just stay on the on the tree. The fruit is meant to just be, you know, let go off the tree and 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 come down. And and so too the idea of 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 the soul is for it to to descend and to come down into this world and to come down in a physical body that limits essentially the you know the the splendor of the soul you know that and 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 it limits it so why is why did the why did the soul descend down in, into the body and the answer is that the soul descended down so that it should be uplifted it should go back up to a higher place than than it, than it even originally came came from, and that's the idea of doing our job in this world in the limitations that we have in this world. That the hard that the challenge that we have, the difficulty that we have, is all a is all really for our greatest good none of us like challenges but about what and and we may say like okay why you know why is this happening why why is this going on but the answer the answer is because we're meant to uplift what it is that we were given and that uplifting is the uplifting that comes from this basket that it says that there's different types of basket that the, the Talmud tells us, that there's the basket that the rich people used to have, they used to bring actually like golden type of, you know, elaborate baskets. And then the simple people would just bring it in, in straw baskets. But regardless of what kind of basket you brought it in, the, the, the ceremony, the process was the same, that it was brought and then the, the Kohen, the Kohenim would take it and they would lift it up. They would actually take it to all four corners of the world and up and down, representing this, this, this idea of, of, of uplifting the physicality. And then it would be consumed. It would be, it would be elevated. And so at the, at the end of the day, the purpose for our descent down into this world is for an ascent is to go back higher than what it is that we even, that we even came down from or, or 
you know, the, the, what we attained up there. Okay, another idea, okay, is there's two types of thinking because once again, going back to that idea that one opinion is that they brought the first fruits when they entered the land. That's like the first type of thankfulness. But then the other opinion, it was after 14 years. It represents two types of thinking that we have, that we could give to Hashem. And the first one comes actually when we are uh, in the morning, which is a, which is a very, very important time to, to be thankful to Hashem. When we, when we wake up in the morning, first, first thing that, you know, we, we should do is say the Modani, which is, which is this prayer of basically of thanking God, you know, for, for a new day. And um, it's actually been proven uh, scientifically or whatever that that whatever thought that you that you go through in the morning, your first thought has huge ramifications on your entire day. So you know if 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 your first thing that you you know you wake up with and it, and and it's your alarm and then the radio whatever goes off, so that's not a great way to wake up, you know. And, and if you and and if you wake up with what, whatever, like first thing you do is look at your phone or whatever. That's not a great way to do it. The first, the first thing to do when one wakes up is that notion that's setting really the the stage for the entire day is thankfulness, is being is 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 gratitude. And when you when you wake up in the so first first thing that you do, as it says, when you enter the land, when you start your day. First thing that you do is, is take those first fruits and say, thank you. You know, thank you for, for this. And then there's a second type of, of a thanking, right? That's the idea of after 14 years, that's further on in the day. Then there's, then there's that thanking that we're supposed to, that gratitude that we're supposed to develop either via prayer or setting aside, you know, certain times during the day that we are thankful for what it is that we're that we have that we're blessed with. Because if we're going to look at what we don't have, then we're going to be pretty miserable. And and look at what this person has and that person and, and all those things. That's not a recipe for joy. What's the recipe for joy? The the Torah tells us recipe for joy is being thankful. So, because the next thing it says, after you bring the first fruits, then you should be happy. You're going to be happy for all the good that God has given you. So you have this rich guy coming to, to, to Jerusalem. He's got all these first fruits. And the simple guy is there, and he's got a little bit of first fruits. But if he's going to look and say, oh, why did he get so much? Then he's not going to be happy. But if he re recognizes, thank you, Hashem, for what you have given me personally and for all the good that you have done for me. And that's the idea of like confessing like all, for all the history and all the good, even personal good that God has led us through. Then, then you could be happy for all the good that you have been blessed with.
And so that's a recipe for joy. That's recipe for joy is gratitude. Okay, so now another two ideas uh, over here. Um, this idea is actually a super deep idea from the Orachaim, who was one of the great commentators on the, on the Torah and one of the great Kabbalists. So he explains what's going on over here in this whole episode of the, of the, of the first fruits. He explains based on the, on the Zohar and the writings of the Zohar that, that the first fruits represent the, the, the good deeds that a person accumulates in this world that a person should take from the, from the first fruits that a person like in this world, you know, it's, it's a time of, 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 of doing it's, it's a time of, of action that we're, that we're supposed to accumulate these good deeds that we do in this world. Why? Because then, and, and so, because then we go to, you know, the world of truth up above. And what do we do? We take all of those deeds with us, you know, up, up there. And, um, and Rashid is also, he says, is, a, uh, is, is an allusion to uh, the Torah, which is called Rashid, which is the beginning, meaning similar, a person should try to connect, um, to the words of Torah as much as possible in this world and recognize that this world is just a, is just a corridor, similar to what we said before about the door, right? That idea of the corridor, that this world is called just a corridor for the next world, which is called the hall. Similar idea of there's the, there's the door and then you go in. So the Orachim says that that um, all of the all of our deeds are are these this preparation time that we go and we take it to the Cohen and who's the Cohen over there? It's, he's called that. That's called Michael, the Archangel, that uh, that that offers uh, these uh, these these deeds, these good deeds to Hashem. And uh, and then the person's supposed to confess for all you know about all these things that have possibly stopped him in 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 their in their journey, and some of them were because of what they, themselves like we you know what we didn't amount to what we were supposed to do we didn't do whatever we we stumbled we failed and up and down and whatnot, and that's the idea of. Arami of Lavan, who's the father-in-law of Jacob, that tricked me, right? And I, I bought into it and I stumbled and then I, I rose back up and whatnot. And so a person basically says that, you know, I was doing my best, trying my best and bringing this offering to Hashem, and so he goes on in depth on this on this idea of how um, 
of how this represents really our, our journey in this lifetime, that it's all about just bringing this fruit, this first, firstborn fruit to, of good deeds, of action to Hashem. So now the, there's another idea over here, and this is a, uh, an idea from the Baal Shem Tov that was heard from the Rebbe Rashab in, from, in paradise. So he had this, this dream actually in this week because it's the, actually the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov, the, the great Kabbalist and you know, um, when he started the uh, uh, Hasidus, Hasidic movement, and um, he was an unbelievable, like holy person that, um, that really changed the course of, of, of history um, in, in, his, in, in his actions. So even after he passed on, we know that the great Tzadikim, uh, the great soul, they're, they're still up in paradise. They're still teaching and they're still um, learning and they're still ascending upwards. So the Rebbe Yashab heard this, this, uh, this saying, this Torah from the Baal Shem Tov on the week prior to his birthday. And so, it, so regarding the verse that it shall be when you go into the land, what does the land mean? The land means, Eretz is, comes from the word ratz, which means to run. And also the word ratzon, which means will. So when you come to the level of will, which is a gift to get to, to have the power of, of will power, that all of a sudden you have a will to, you know, to do the right thing. And you look at other people and you're like, they, they don't have the will to do that and they're not doing the right thing. But, if, but when you have that, that, that inspiration, that will to do the right thing, so it says that you shall veyashavta. You shall inherit it and you should bring it down into, uh, into concrete action. And that means that you should bring it down into, into not just inspiration, but into something that you could take away from. Like a lot of people, they're inspired by this and that, but then you see them the next day or the, or the week after and they, they can't really keep it up because that inspiration didn't, didn't come into takeaways. So when you get that ratzon, you should be a shafta, you should take it into something concrete. And this is a big rule, really, in, in whatever class that you go to here or anything that you're learning, what's the takeaway? Like practical takeaway. Otherwise, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to stay with you. But if you take something from whatever it is that you're learning and you're saying, this is the takeaway, I'm taking this away, then that stays with you. And that's, that's, that's what the Baal Shem Tov is saying, but he's not done yet. And he says, and then you shall go and put it into this basket. What is the basket? The basket represents taking this lights and putting it into vessels which is this idea, there's, there's the inspiration, but then there's the takeaway. There's the vessel. So if you hear something concrete, you like amazing, how do, to think about how do I just incorporate that idea into my life? 
how do I bring that light into a vessel? It's really, really important to, to, to consider that in, in, in anything that would, that would, and if, and if you're in a, a class or, or you're learning something, you can't do that. You, you know, you have to ask like, why is it because of, because I don't know how to do that? Or is it because maybe I'm not getting that because of the, whatever it is that I'm learning the teacher or whatnot, but you should take it and put it into a basket. And then the Baal Shem Tov is not done. It says, You should go to the place. Go to the place. What's that place? That place has to do, the Baal Shem Tov says that wherever a person goes to, you should know, they should know that they are being led to that place. There's no coincidence that a person is in a place wherever they are, they're there for a reason. And they're led to that place. And so what's the purpose of it? So it says, to inherit and to draw down the name of God into that place. Meaning to publicize godliness in the place that a person is, finds themselves in. That's the purpose why they why they're in that place on the on the deeper level on an inner level. They're in that place why they may think they went to that place for this reason for that reason you know and I got a good deal on 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 the house I got a good you know I, or whatever. No, it's like all predestined. It's all exact, and the purpose of that is that wherever you find yourself in, it's to publicize Hashem to whatever capacity you have in that place. So it says, how do you do that? So you do that with, so this is what the Baal Shem Tov said, you do that with a blessing and with a, in his words, a, a, a verse of Tehillim, a verse of Psalms. So with a blessing and with psalms, that, that's what the that's what the Baal Shem Tov says. And so it's explained that what does that mean in blessing or psalms? So the, the idea of a blessing is once again recognizing that everything that one has is just is a gift. And that's what we do when we bless uh, the food that we eat or, or thank God for whatever it is that we have. But by you know publicizing doesn't necessarily mean on an external level to go out there and to tell people that they got to do this and do that, do the other thing. It starts with with ourselves. Publicizing Hashem really starts publicizing Hashem inside inside of us first. And how do we do that? We do that through that blessing blessing over recognizing everything that we have and and through psalms which is a form of prayer yes but it's tilim is this expression it's like a freestyle expression in a sense really it's not like this formalized prayer but it's this that we're we're we recognize um our ups and downs within this within this book of of psalms of Tehillim, that that everything is there 
like all the ups and downs are in this book of Psalms. Uh, so, and then, and then that gives us the ability when we recognize inside of ourselves, then to know how we need to also spread it out possibly to others and to, um, and to be that, uh, that, that conduit. So some, some beautiful, beautiful ideas over here on this, uh, on this, uh, on this verse, uh, and on this idea of Bikurim. So we've got like about five ideas over here on, on Bikurim and what it means on an inner level. Um, so what, uh, what did we get out of it uh, today? Uh, what are things that, that we could uh, incorporate in our lives? You know, starting from, you know, today, um, th these lessons of, of Bikurim, is it, is it being more grateful? Is it recognizing that we need to include others in our, in our um, prayers and in our, you know, being joyful? Uh, is it is it recognizing that everything that we do in this world, you know, in terms of the, is is all about the, the the fruits and the good deeds that we do? Is it recognizing that the challenges that we have are really all there to uplift us? Right? Is it uh, is is it recognizing that um, that it's not us that do, that do things? It's it's not us that 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 you know we're not like this you know, this person that is doing everything that's really all him and we have more emuna. you know, is it, is it that idea of tithing, that idea of giving that, that 10%, that idea of, you know, recognizing that I'm it's not easy to, but I'm going to do it, you know, and then, and then saying the words to, to, you know, expressing it with our words. Um, yeah, so it's all, you know, about bringing it down into, into action, bringing it into, like the Baal Shem Tov says, the light in a vessel, and to recognize that wherever we are, we're there to publicize Hashem's name.